the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hey everybody, welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester. Back off assignment, finally. Yeah, it was a terrible we assignment. We missed you. That's Paul Peck. Mike Gennetti's here, founder of SpotTrack.com. I, I was on assignment for PGA Tour Radio in Hawaii. Aha. <laughs> terrible assignment. Nobody wants to go. Where, where he exceeded <laughs> his uh, uh, drinks and coconut yeah. salary cap budget for the year. I did. I Yes, I did have my annual intake of coconut and pineapple. Yeah. There you go. And uh, I'm a fan of plantation tea. Do you know what plantation tea is, Paul? Yes. I do not. Yes. So, you know what an Arnold Palmer is, right? Right. All Iced right. tea and lemonade. Well, take out the lemonade mm-hmm. and put in pineapple juice. You plantation tea. That sounds really good, and it's 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 fantastic. Both uh, both loaded and non loaded varieties. I did not have the loaded variety. Really? No, but I did see. Uh, I had to see Doctor Walker a few evenings. Um, <laughs> we actually got into a car accident, but we we were hit by a young person texting while driving, rear-ended, so really? had a little whiplash. So I decided to see Doctor Walker. And oh, I'm sure you yes, did, Doctor Walker. I'm sure took you had some follow up visits. Yeah, there I did. Too. I did. I had a couple follow up visits. <laughs> I do want to say this: if you're going um, uh, Hawaii, any tropical thing, we're going to be in the ocean, uh, and long flights, they tend to have movies. Do not watch the Meg. <laughs> And then go snorkeling. <laughs> What's the matter? Uh, the Sully movie wasn't available on the flight. Uh, no, but I gotta tell you. So uh, snorkeling is big over there, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go snorkeling. I got in the water. I'm like, oh crap. Yeah. I keep thinking a shark's gonna come up and eat me because I watched the Meg with Jason Statham, which is a fantastic. It's campy. It's great. A great movie. And, and then the first time, like sea turtles are all you know all over the place. Well, the water was a little bit murky, and I, I'm out there by myself. Well, I wasn't by myself. It was and it was a little rough. I'm with this guy from Long Island, and, and he had a GoPro. And he's like, "Yeah, I saw this turtle before." He failed to tell me how big the turtle was, and I'm out. So we're, we're we kind of got separated, and the current was comes late in the day. The current is kind of drifting us out, and I, I see this striped fish below me again. I still think the shark's going to come and eat me. I'm looking at this fish, and I'm like, "Wow, cool fish!" All of a sudden, I turn my head to the left, and the shell just goes by my face. And it was I'm 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 doing the entire circumference I can get my arms. It was huge. Yeah. It, and I'm I, I you know I jumped out of the I jumped out. <laughs> oh my god! And he's like, "Was oh, it there?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's right here." And he showed me the video at like I I'm swimming away from it. He's swimming towards it. And he showed me the video after the GoPro. The thing was huge. You know, it's just amazing sitting there on the bottom. But obviously, it didn't see me till the last second, and it veered. And all I saw was this giant tortoise shell. Um, I got over it the next few times. Well, we, we were almost doing another uh, version, just you and me again here, Mike. Yes. It sounds like Kevin <laughs> yeah. uh, came very near-death experience. I don't, I don't know many movies about uh, you know terrifying sea turtles, though. So. No, but there were some more eels uh, yeah, that'll that do ran it. into and sea urchins, like really cool stuff. So it was a lot of fun. So thanks for holding right. on the phone. All right, well, you used the word murky, and maybe that's our transition word into our discussion topics for the day, which will focus on baseball, Mike. Uh, are we any less murky in the free agent market? Are, is the waters beginning to clear? Or are we clouding up continually? Even even when we get there, even when Bryce Harper signs his, his big deal and Machado may be a bigger deal, it's still going to be murky. Okay. <laughs> right? It's a and, good and, word. And it's our word of the day. Yeah, and, and, and I think the right word is broken. Baseball's broken right now. and, and For I'm the not players, to... for the owners, for the fans, for who? Well, it's funny how you, how you put that because 
It's certainly broken for the players. Because broken on, is, on one side is never always broken on the other that's right. side. That's right. It's, it's definitely broken for the players, and that's been evidence now for a few years. But it, it is also broken for fans. And we'll, we'll sort of get into that a little bit here. But, but the, the over, overlying element here is free agency, actual contracts, a- average salaries, all of these things put together are bad for the player right now. And there's really nothing they can do. And that's the discussion we have to have here is that there, you know, the CBA runs through 2021, even at that point, you know, and maybe, maybe things improve a little bit, right? Maybe the Bryce Harper's of the world boost everything up a little bit, but it didn't a few years ago. I mean, we saw 2 billion in free agency three years ago, and then it dropped off a cliff as if there was collusion. And I'm going to, I'm going to say it because, because we're at a point now where we have to start saying that. Because it's there's been a decrease in everything, decrease in contracts, in free agent signings, in the in the overall salary. I mean, the average salary for 2018 for a major league baseball veteran dropped from 2017. That never happens. That, right. that should never happen in any sport that makes any money. And baseball made 10 billion dollars. And I think fa- baseball fans are probably shocked to hear you say that because we just we see these huge contracts yeah, that and players get, and you're like, well, how could the average salary go down? That's the disconnect, though, right? Yeah. Because, you know. You can't have players coming to to microphones and saying, you know, woe is me, right, because right. They're, they're still making thirty million dollars. Right. I mean, Which that's cr- it's crazy. It's so crazy. But Clayton Kershaw took a deal to make thirty million dollars. <laughs> he had to restructure his contract to not make thirty five. You know what I mean? And, and that's not good. Clayton <laughs> Kershaw shouldn't have to take a lower salary. Did Aaron Rodgers take a lower salary? No. No. I mean, Tom Bra- even Tom Brady doesn't take a lower salary. He takes a low salary, but he increases his pay. You know, he just does yes. so in a, in a smaller fashion. Um, and certainly the NBA guys, they're not lowering their salaries. So, look, at here, here, there's a few points I want to get to. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of baseball because there really is some, some interesting elements to it. But he, here's what I want to say right off the bat. Uh, th- this is right now happening with baseball, but this is coming for these other sports. This is, this is just version one of this. It's going to happen with basketball. Financial control seems to right. be the, the word of, uh, that applies to all these sports. It, it's right. been out of control. Because the, the biggest point I've made here so far is that baseball made $10 billion. $10.3 billion last year was the gross revenue. That's absurd. That's a lot of money. <laughs> okay? Yeah. That's a lot of money. It's for, not making for its a, way to the players. It's a lot of money for a sport that really doesn't even get attendance. Right, that, I mean, that, you're that a lot of about people think is a regional sport in most cases. That too, that too. So, so this is coming for the NBA and and, and eventually the NFL, um, especially the NBA, who has a very similar financial structure in terms of the luxury tax, the soft cap, things like that. And they're in their they're in their 2002 2003 baseball t- uh, phase right now, right, where the salaries are just astronomical. I mean, you're going to have guys at $41 million a year starting next year and close to 50 in two years. That's not sustainable. We've talked about that on this show. Um, I, I don't know when the breaking point is going to be. I don't know how it's going to happen, um, but it's not sustainable, and baseball now is proof of that. Baseball is proof of you can't just throw everything at the wall. You know, you know, can't just give Bryce Harper $55 million a year because he's the best available player out there. Um that's, that's a good thing, by the way. I love some brevity with it. I love some logic to it. But at the same time, <laughs> you got to have guys on teams February 1st, and that's not happening. So that's where the word collusion has to, has to get involved, right? Well, it's, it's, um, I, we've seen this in hockey, uh, not the collusion part, but where uh, the, 
other t- teams and players and agents are waiting for the whales uh, to come into port. Um, and when they're, they're done, then they want to see how much uh, – there's a lot of whales you in You are Hawaii. big on marine life right now. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was really. – Let's stick to sports here. All right, Kevin, I'm just right? saying what, what, the, the big contracts. All right, um, you know when the Harper sign, when the Machado sign, they'll see who has money left, where the money is, and you know it, you just got to wait. You got to you're in the queue. They're just waiting for the big ones to decide. And so no one wants mo- to get left looking like a yeah. pig on a spit with an apple in its mouth. Right. To continue the theme. Well, oh, wow, nice. Yeah. There you go. You know, so the it, some of it's on the players. For waiting to make a decision. I mean, Bryce Harper could have been signed two weeks ago. He's got to make up his mind. Where does he want to go? I, I, I disagree. I you think, disagree? I think Scott Boris is is the linchpin of all this. I think well, always, that's, that's you, on the player side, though. So it's still on the agent. Not really. Not really. Because maybe. Maybe. But do you really think Bryce Harper has a voice in any of this? Well, if he doesn't, he's stupid. He's the client. I I think that's part of the problem. (laughs) I think that's part of the problem here. Yeah. I think there used to be a a point in time where Albert Pujols said, I'm going to be an angel, and this is my price, and we're done. Because because teams – look, I'm not going to put too much in the players. The players are getting well-paid, but they're getting screwed. That's the the point I want to make here. They're they're at a point now where they are – As a group. They are being squashed. And – the real discussion to have here and how it translates to the rest of our show here is going to be that this is this is a veteran versus rookie thing, and this is what we're seeing in all these sports, and it's a great conversation to have, but baseball is backwards right now. Baseball is built for veterans, and that's fine, and I'm all for guys having good long careers and making their money, but that's not good for the sport. I don't, I, is that am I wrong well, in saying that? But you're That's saying you're sport? saying that, and I'm looking at your numbers that show me the veteran average salary is going down. It's going down. So how can it be built for the veterans yet the 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 revenues are up, but the average salary is down? The the model is built for the veterans. The CBA is built for the veterans. All of the rules are built to protect the veterans and make sure they get paid. But the teams have literally said, "We're done. We're done doing that." We're not doing it anymore. If you had a five-year deal five years ago, it's now two. And there's and there's evidence on Track to prove it. I mean, there, the, the the number of long-term deals in, in free agency and in, in terms of extensions as well, they're a third of what they used well, to be. Well, when you, when you think about it for a second, so it's an, it's the system's antiquated, right? Of course. In that regard, it's, not, it's, it's built like a... Uh, union machine shop, like a teaching union, right? Yes, yes. where, but uh, let, let's let's do a uh, union shop, physical labor, sure. right? Teachers, unless you're a gym teacher. You're well, not I'm thinking it. the tenure part of it, right? Well, where but, you got to go through, make go through your pay your dues before you get to the money. But if I'm on the assembly line and I'm 25, yeah, I can probably make more widgets than the guy who's 55. But the guy who's 55 has been there 30 years and he's in the top tier of the union, and it's just the way he's recruited over time. Where at is so? Let's go in baseball. A twenty-five-year-old probably going to produce more, steal more bases, probably throw more innings than the thirty-five-year-old yep. because of the wear and tear. But the thirty-five-year-old's getting paid more because of uh, he's a vested veteran, and if you will, a tenure in baseball and the way it's set up here. And so the managers in baseball and owners are saying, "Well, wait a second. I'm paying pitchers more money." Because this guy's 30-some-odd years old, yeah. and he's on the DL for two months. Yeah. Why don't I have the young arm who's ready to go? I, you know what? He's doing more. He's producing more. I should pay him more. That's why the system's antiquated. 
Well, and this is while you were swimming with the turtles. This is what Mike and I discussed over the last couple of weeks of this podcast in relation to the football model, which is exactly the same thing that football has led the way to saying, you know what? Because of football is different because the average career is a lot shorter. And what the owners and the management have decided is we're going to pay guys less, get more production out of them, and then move on to the next ones and not continue to pay the 35-year-old, 30-year veteran on the the line of scrimmage or the the assembly line for less production anymore. And I think what, Mike, what you're saying is is that that thinking is making its way into baseball now. it's already been here, right? It's been here for a decade is the problem, but the the, the, the rules and the CBA and, and the financial structure doesn't allow teams to do that in a way that's fair, right? Right. The only way to, to, to win with, young, with youth is to have a payroll of $150 million, right? I mean, because you can't pay those young guys. You just can't do it. It's literally You're impossible. You're just not allowed to. Yes. You can offer them an extension. You know, you can offer Mookie Betts an extension right now, but he's going to laugh at you. Yeah, he's going to laugh at you until you, you know you're throwing four hundred million dollars up there because that's what he's worth, and that's not good for the Red Sox and that's not good for Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts should be paid right now. He should be one of the highest paid athletes in the world right now. I mean, that's the kind of yeah. player he is. Same at Mike Trout. Mike Trout's well paid, but he's not. He's a good value at thirty million a year right now. So the the problem is is obviously the structure, the framework that's in place. Um, Look at just kind of piggybacking off the football conversation because it's 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 one we're going to continue to have. We we talk so much about Kirk Cousins, twenty nine year old guy getting a three year fully guaranteed deal, right? And Minnesota is obviously you know taking flack for that right now as they sit home watching the playoffs. But isn't the isn't the Aaron Rodgers contract the one we really need to watch? That's a thirty five year old guy who's going to get a hundred million dollars over the f- next three years. Sure, right? Thirty five. And, and the argument for it is, and this is where. Contrary to my previous comments, yeah. which I understand players say, well, I've earned this. I've, I've, I've been in the system, and I've earned it, but it th- that's the antiquated way of thinking. I'm just saying that that's how it used to be. Yeah. Things change. Now, Aaron Rodgers is a little different. Aaron Rodgers sells a lot of jerseys. Aaron Rodgers sells tickets. People go to watch Aaron Rodgers play. I love that you just brought this up. Because, they do. Because the marketing side of it is just as important as anything to baseball right now, right? Because Albert Pujols is not getting TV ratings. No. He's not. And to some degree, either is Clayton Kershaw anymore, right? Because he's had his up and downs and his injuries over the past two years. When those kind of start, when, the, when you see age start to set in, you just lose, you just lose it in terms of uh, you know, your popularity. And where, who, are, who are people turning in for? In for it? They're turning in for bets. The, the Astros players, Harper, of course, you know, Machado to some degree. It's these Aaron young, Judge. They are, they are Aaron Judge. They are tuning in for guys making six hundred thousand dollars a year right now. Yeah, and that's a problem because those guys are selling jerseys. This is like this is like college football versus pro football is what this is. Really, I mean, you, you're talking about these guys in team controlled salaries, and, and the difference between them and the Kershaws and the Trouts. And, and, it's thirty. It's twenty five million dollars difference. That's that's a problem. So your thinking is your your the overriding point we're talking about here is if it ever gets to to a sort of total rethinking of the CBA, you're saying that the guys who are worth it need to be paid earlier, and we need to get off of this six year deal before you even can think about getting paid. Is that is that kind of the overriding point here? I want to make it somewhere in the middle. I want to make it similar. I think football has actually done a pretty good job here. 
right? I mean, if you're the number five overall pick in football, yes, there's a there's a slotted rookie wage, but it's a pretty good contract. It's that's going to be twenty five million dollars over four years, plus a fifth year option that could be if your quarterback could be another twenty five million. Um, so there's there's a there's a policy in place for you to make good money just for being drafted. That doesn't happen with baseball, and we're going to get into that with you know a specific example, of course. But that w- with football. The other option, too, is the three-year extension, right? After three years of, 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 of a contract, so, so anybody who was drafted in 2016 is now eligible for an extension. And if you're a quarterback, right, if you're, if you're Jared Goff if you're, you know, uh, from that class and your team deems you a franchise quarterback, you can make $150 million now after three years. That's not happening in baseball. And it's not even close. Like I said, Mookie Betts is laughing at that because – it's not financially worth it for him to sign a contract right now. So, I, I, yeah, there's a lot that needs to change, but but I just think six years is probably too long for the you know the uh, the hazing part of it, which is really what it is, right? It's the hazing process um, because you've got too many anomalies. It used to be there were one or two guys who came up to the league at 19 or 20 or 21 and could hang. You know, the veterans ruled the, the game. Those days are gone. Those days are gone in all sports. In all sports. Across all the totally, sports. They're completely. gone. And we're going to get into basketball into that a little later, but the, those leagues have adjusted to it, right? And football has as well in 2011. Right. The extreme example, Kevin, and, and this is a little bit of what Mike and I talked about, the, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, the extreme to the, to the most extreme would be teams will draft players, play them, not pay them, get their most production, as you pointed out, in their early years, and never, ever think about another contract. Yeah, the Montreal that we've talked about the, the yeah, We've talked about it in football, draft a guy, running back, uh, contract over, done. You're cut. We don't care how good you were. We're going to go get another one because we want a younger, under control, less physically abused player. Baseball could be this. Though that's the extreme example in all of this, right? Let me give you the perfect NFL example: Demarco Murray with Dallas Cowboys won the rushing title in his contract year. Gone, cut him loose, not resigned. Drafted by his Zeke team. Elliott. Yeah. They didn't, they never thought about it again. Murray had what, maybe 150 more carries yeah. with Tennessee, and he was out of the league. Philadelphia. Yeah, usually guys get rewarded <laughs> when they do things like that. But I think the thinking that Mike is referring to in all sports across the board is we're 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 not. Nec- it's not a matter of not rewarding. It's a matter of value versus age and production. Okay, so Paul, <laughs> why are we shocked at this? Oh, we, not. we shouldn't be not shocked. at all because it's we, just very different than what we because, like, you know guys play great and get rewarded yeah. with another contract. That's generally how most of our lifetimes have been in sports. Correct, and business was usually that way too, right? That's right. Good old Bob Jones, yep, worked in his twenty five years, years yep. got a gold watch, whatever, right? And. Wrong. Wrong. Yep. Even look in our business in media. Sure. Right. The older I, you are, the more of a liability. I just you saw are. a story. Uh, you know, in the the local paper, we're in Buffalo, by the way. Like, you know, one station hiring kids right out of your alma mater, it, yeah. Syracuse, just graduated. Boom. On I'm like, what? Entry are we level, talking baby. about entry yep. entry level, <laughs> cheap. You know, right? Wait sure. on on television, like that is. That was unheard of right. when we were coming out. Well, and, and, and it's a very good point that, that Kevin brings Although up, Although I came Mike, out of college and worked at GR right away. That's so. a, it's a great – Mike, he brings up a great point was that the, the world has changed. Yeah. You used to be valued and rewarded for your age and knowledge and experience where, honestly, now I think that's a, it's a detriment. On all walks of life, at any industry that you're in, the younger – 
person uh, who's more tuned into the world we live in now. Uh, the older guy has to be taught, doesn't think the same way. It, it, it's So that business thinking has gone to sports now. But but the sports have changed too. The way the games are played have changed, and that's the, that's the biggest part of this, right? I mean, football is not f- what football used to be. There's no ground and pound unless you're, you know, the Baltimore Ravens. Right. There's no ground and pound. You don't, you don't need to develop your body and understand the system at the pro level. Well, and as the you pointed out, the kids, college kids, the kids are those- <laughs> coming into the sport much more prepared than they ever were before. Because the games have melded. Right. Because the games have become ath- athletic events and not, you know, strategic, physical, well, dominant events. <laughs> like any business, they figured out, all right, who are the key people we need to keep That's around right. and reward? That's right. And who, what, you know, what layers of mid-management, if you will, can we cut? <laughs> right? So we need, we need you know, because let's look at, uh, you know, there are some players on teams that you need to be leaders mm-hmm. and are still productive. Catchers. Catchers, shortstop, right? I mean, yes. <laughs> right. There, are, there are people that you need to keep around, and then you, you can fill in the gaps around sure. them with just good enough. Yeah, your quarterbacks, right? your starting pitchers are your CEOs, your uh, your your middle infielders, your yeah. offensive linemen, your linebackers are your middle management, right? You need the you need depth. <laughs> yeah, you need depth. Well, yeah. but but you. It's but, a very interesting discussion when you sort of frame it in the <laughs> or how it affects most of the people that are listening to this podcast. But there but there can only be so many stars. Yeah. So they figure that out. Like not everybody can be a star. Okay, let's go right it's there. It's just like it, not everybody can be a star. So we just need a few stars and we're going to reward them because they're going to bring people in and they're going to sell jerseys and then we'll fill in the gaps. This is the point I want to make though. Should baseball do that specifically? Should should baseball be allowing the Red Sox to pay Mookie Betts some you know, extravagant rookie contract because he's Mookie Betts? Whereas the seventh round pick, you know, who might who might work his way up the system and eventually get to the Red Sox, is going to follow that same. You well, know, they do need listen the minimum they, structure. They do need they do need a structure because of course more players will get screwed for sure. Right, you can't have it be the wild wild west. No, and it's a union. No. There's always going to be a structure. Right. So you know the, the ch- where Mookie Betts will make his money now is marketing outside. His agent's got to go find the money that he's making being you know because of his name Mookie Betts yeah. before. Under the system, which he's agreed to work under, allows him to get paid the big dollars. Yeah, and inherently, no team's going to want to pay anybody more than they have to pay them. Correct. No matter whether they've earned it or how valuable they are anyway. To some degree. To some degree. To some degree, except for now, guys in free agency aren't getting paid either. So that's where it's broken, right? If, if the team isn't willing to pay you three years into the league, and now they're not willing to pay you six years into the league, when are you getting paid, Right. As I said, the extreme example is never. That's right. That's right. So that's broken. And, and to some degree, we saw that with football. We thought we saw that with football, right? We, we thought Kirk Cousins was the poster boy for the NFL's rookie system being broken because it was four years. It was a franchise tag. It was a second franchise tag. It was almost a third franchise tag. But I think maybe it was just that Kirk Cousins isn't that great. Yeah. <laughs> Right? right, like if yeah. Kirk Cousins mm. was Patrick Mahomes, you wouldn't even be getting to the fourth year. Well, Kirk Cousins has proven to be exactly what he was drafted as—a fourth-round pick. Yeah, let's actually use Patrick Mahomes as a, as the Mookie Betts version of this. If the if the Chiefs let let Patrick Mahomes get to a fourth year in his contract, is are we gonna are we gonna break all hell loose? 
See, the, the don't problem we, don't, with, we, don't we owe it to him to do that? The problem with your <laughs> argument is quarterbacks are such a uh, outlier in relation to, I think, almost any other position in any other sport. What's the most important sport in baseball? Position in baseball, excuse me. Well, I think right now it's it's starting pitchers, right? I, I, I'd push back hard on that because there are teams trying to get rid of starting pitchers. Yeah, well. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, well, then the, what is it then? I don't know. That's the pro- I think that's the problem. I mean, Manny well, Mc- that's what my point is. Quarterbacks are it, are on a, a different; they're in a different place. But but maybe that's what needs to be identified. Like Manny Machado as a shortstop, that that used to be it, right? I mean, you if you were good, you played shortstop because you were versatile. You could play pretty much anywhere in the infield if you if you could play shortstop. You were an athlete; you could hit. I, if Manny Machado is not getting paid, <laughs> right? I, I I do think that's one of the identifiers that needs to happen, right? If starting pitching is not a payable entity anymore, and maybe it's not. I mean, Patrick Corbin got a decent amount of money, one forty over six. Well, you, you look at the best pitcher in the National League is on a terrible team. Yeah, yeah, right. Degrom, De- sure. Mets. Here, my thinking as what popped into my head, Mike, was the the analytic analysis of our sports now has allowed yes. numbers to be put on everyone at every position and when you look at the numbers and you see that that shortstop in Manny Machado of the, the of what it used to be in the sport of baseball isn't all that much different than any of the other positions now you have a tangible way to say you know what we can we don't need to pay that position for what it used to be I'll, I'll, I'll eat crow on this five years ago when I started to really dive into value, valuing base, baseball players in terms of their next contract I used to do it second baseman versus other second baseman and third baseman and so forth. I, I stopped because there weren't enough good second basemen to value Robinson Cano against. And Robinson Cano was better than half of the outfielders in baseball in terms of his batting. So I think what needs to happen, and I think what needs to happen from a team building standpoint, from an evaluation standpoint, and from just how much it matters in October, is defensive analytics need to step up in baseball. Because if Manny Machado is a A hitter and a C defensive shortstop, that should matter. That should matter as much as anything. Because look, at if you've got a catcher who can't stop a pass ball in the postseason, the Yankees aren't going to the World Series, right? We saw that. We saw it happen. And we're seeing this more and more. And if, and if, if it's that close with batters, right? If Manny Machado is super similar to Brian Dozier, who's super similar to Bryce Harper when he's not slumping, you know what I mean? If it's, if it's just a fraction of an amount, then nobody's getting forty million, and everybody's getting twenty. And now you have a way to 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 equate that based on the numbers. That's right. So if if analytics is what's driving this, and I agree that that it's probably the majority that teams have just gotten so down deep into the numbers that Bryce Harper really doesn't look that great on paper, and he didn't look that great in my in my calculations either. That's why I've got him at thirty one, not forty. And to be very honest with you, that's what I hate about analytics is that they they've <laughs> you're now a they, podcast, they, you're, 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 well I know <laughs> I, I know, but the point I'm trying to make here, and I knew you'd get that reaction out of you, is we all as fans look at Bryce Harper and think he's amazing and think we want him on our team, and he's the guy you want, and he and he's this incredible athlete. The numbers may tell you that he's not as good as you think he are that, that he is with your eyes. Right. The, the, That's what I hate about that how analytics have taken over well, sports is that it belies what you see with your own eyes. That's right. The mystery's gone. Right. The right. mystery's yeah. gone. That's that, right. The, the way uh, it was explained to me in hockey is what, what it's used to back up, right? It's used to prove. So, okay, you believe uh, player X 
is a great player uh-huh. and needs to be on the ice uh, so much in the third period, well, here are the numbers. Eh. Yeah. No, he does not. Right? Like, you believe that like, this guy's going to be a great player. The stats say no. Right? I mean, so there's no – you can't hide anywhere. Here's like, the, that, here, that's, that's what analytics – Well, here's Analytics the, says you, you cannot hide anywhere. Here's the question for both of you, and, and for whatever reason, that just the scene in Moneyball where they're sitting around with the scouts pops that's into right. my head yeah, is are, are we going to the – By the, the way, you're the, the old s- guy on that. Are the <laughs> scouts becoming irrelevant? Are the eyes oh, becoming no, irrelevant? No, are, is it, it, when, when a team is trying to decide whether to sign a player, is the first place they're going to the numbers or is the first place they're going to the scouting report? They're doing both, Paul. Oh, I know they're doing both. They're doing but, both. But it used to be the scouting report first, and then the numbers would would either confirm no. what the scout said. I wonder if it's the other way. No, no, no. I the, scouts will always be around because there's the human part of it, right? Yes. There's the there's, there's things that they'll look for. How he interacts with teammates, how he interacts with coaches. Those things matter. Yes. Uh, for culture. Workout right? regimen. Yep. Workout right. All that stuff matters. How well, it projects good. It's to be good a pro. To know it still does. No, it still does matter, but then you got to look at the numbers and you're going to say, huh, is it, is are, is this a stat that he can improve on? Is this is this a number? Look at in golf, players talk about it all the time now, like, well, my, you know, I got to hit it closer to the hole. We're, Analytics now on flagstick being in. The numbers tell you your make percentage from three huh. feet. Listen, three feet and in doesn't matter. Really? But then you get out of there. Yes, you'll make more of the flagstick in. But more importantly, your misses when it hits the stick doesn't go as far away from the hole. So you eliminate three putts. Really? Yes. Huh. And so, b- b- by the way, the beginning of the week, I saw most players taking it out, except for DeChambeau, right? The guy who's looked at all the numbers, done the research. Guys who played with him. Uh, um, all of a sudden, Gary Woodland started leaving the stick, flag sticking, especially long putts. I'm going to huh. leave it in, all right, hoping it hits the stick. Huh, that's Either amazing, goes in Kevin. Or, or hits the stick because we've always been conditioned. You got to take it out. You got to take it out. It's a rule. It's a bad thing to have that in there. Well, it's, yeah. If so, it's on the green, you take it out. If it's off the green, you leave it so in, I'm right? That's telling, always the rule we all learned. Right. And then players like Dustin Johnson, right? Stats tell me hit the ball as far as you can, right? This is just smash it as far as you can. Oh, wait a second. Hmm. Fairways hit lead to more birdies. Wow, I don't need to hit the ball down there in the rough because I can't control the ball and hit it closer to the hole. I hit it closer to the hole when I hit from the fairway, so I'm going to hit it in the fairway here and hit less a club, hmm. but I'm going to put it on the green, and I'm going to make more pars and more birdies. So the, the numbers change approaches. It doesn't change talent, but it changes approaches and perhaps the way they do things. I, so for, I for love example, that. the swing, right? The, the, the way course. they swing for homers. Right, the lift swing. Right. So that's an example of a player essentially using the analytics internally. I love that, and I think Correct. we're seeing a lot of that. I want to get back to the scouts just for one quick point because there's actually a lot of uh, buzz right now about scouting versus analytics with a lot of the sports, baseball specifically too, but – I think those departments are splitting where they should be merging. Correct, and that's a problem. And the and, smart scout embraces well, analytics. Well, I, I think he does. I'm not. I'm obviously not a scout, but I, I deal with a lot of them, and I can understand, and I can almost even recommend that a scout doesn't read too much of the of the analytics, right? Because you kind of want that unbiased, fresh look. You don't want that to frame their right. mind. You don't want to look to see if he really does suck at you know balls up the middle. But, but I do think that maybe post you know post scouting report po- at some degree those those departments have to have to play nice because they're not going away 
right? For your point, the scouts aren't, you're, you're still going to send guys out to meet families and, and watch practices and all that stuff, because that's just, that has to happen. You need that element, especially in, in, in all right, the let me say, Let me say this to you. Are we going to get to the point, are we ever going to get to the point where any team completely eliminates scouts and strictly does it, does it by numbers? It's the Astros. Strictly by numbers and says all that, and, and Kevin, you're, all that stuff is important. We've all been around sports to know that that drive and, and relationships with teammates and all that stuff is super important. But somewhere along the line, someone's going to say it's important, but it's not as important. So why am I wasting my time with it? Just give me the numbers, and I am going to sign the players that, that jump to right. me off the numbers page. I wanna, uh, can I use another golf example yeah, here real ahead. quick? So Jordan Spieth, mm-hmm. right? I did an interview on a, a, the post-round show on Sirius XM, and the, the, at, it was Friday. Spieth misses the cut by one, huh. and they're looking at his putting, fairways hit, all these things, and like, man, is this guy, you know, is this guy going to win again? And I said, yes, he is, and I'm not that worried about him. I'll tell you why. Eye test. Yeah. He had to birdie out the final four holes to make the cut. What does he do? <laughs> Puts it to five feet, makes birdie at 15. Puts it to seven feet, makes birdie at 16. Puts it to 11 feet, seven inches. Just misses birdie at 17, has to eagle, pulls it, chip shot from 68, grazes the edge, doesn't go down for eagle. Wow. Missed it by one. But the fire in his eyes, the way he was able to crank it up and do that and not fold, he didn't make it, but I'm like, that to me said everything because the guy turned it up a notch, right? And I don't think they have a, a analytic yet for turning it up and not. Well, I mean, body body language in general has got to be one of the biggest ones. Like, correct, you know, a pitcher on the mound who gives up a home run. What does he look like? You know what I mean? What does his next pitch look like? Those, right. that's those are things scouts. Those are things scouts look at. But I can't sure. wait. We're, I, somewhere along the line, we're going to get to the point where there will be a team that will do it by the numbers, and I'm be curious as hell to see whether they're successful or not. Yeah, I'd say Paul. Moore. I think there's a better chance that they'll be successful in light of all the other stuff that we've all known all our lifetime. There's a better chance that that team may be successful than most of everybody who will cry and scream about that's not how you build. The team. I would imagine that this season, the free agent season, is almost all. N- numerically, analytically based, don't you think? Baseball, you're talking about. I mean, because you you yeah. see guys a couple times a year if they come to your ballpark or you see them on TV. That's that's pretty much the eye test at that point, right? Right. And then it's just you know, we need this many RBIs to to account account for what we just gave up, and you know, it's probably all number based, and that's probably why it's taken so long. Right. Really, that's probably why it's taken so long because we don't really care if we don't get player A because player B and C will do just fine for us. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, we're going to talk about this. I'm sure uh, more as we go along yeah. here in contracts. But let's talk about a, a contracts here and a decision by Kyler Murray yeah. to enter the NFL draft. Um, and it's it's this is financial. It's financially based decision, in my opinion, because right, didn't he ask the A's for 15 million instead of 4.6? I'd say I'd say more than anything, it's just he loves football. Don't you think? Well, I think he likes Texas him. guy. I think he likes them both. He and can I think be he a can quarterback. See himself, I can see himself playing both. I think he he he'll find a way to play pro football faster than he'll find a way to play pro baseball. Is football football's the cooler sport at the moment too. Ser- I <laughs> well, mean, seriously, maybe is that Pat, maybe Pat Mahomes is is kind sure. of paved the way, sure. and and uh, his predecessor at Oklahoma is kind of paved the way to saying, "Hey, this guy can play in the NFL." Yeah, I think all of that. I really think it's all. I think it's yeah, the cool factor, the uh, the, the the youth movement in football, which is we've we've laid out here, and you know it's hard not to want to be a part of that, especially if you're a quarterback. 
He's hearing good things. I mean, he can always he can always go back and play baseball. Yeah, right. I mean, he's hearing. He, if he was hearing late first round to start, he's probably hearing mid first round now. You know, I mean, the the Redskins at fifteen just feel like a team that would do that, uh, especially with what's happened well, to them over the second, past the six Cardinals, months. Cardinals uh, said so they take him number one overall. Uh, I'm not going to get there yet. <laughs> no, I read the, that. I read that too. I'm not going to get there. The coach said that like six months ago when he wasn't the Cardinals head coach. So let's. <laughs> I, I know what you're where you're going. With yeah. That. But look, you mentioned the fifteen million. I'm not positive if that's actually true. I, I heard it as well. Hey, listen, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Yeah, that's right. not. What but we're some, about but here. baseball changed some of the rules in order to make this happen, right? Let's talk about this. They all these things we just talked about for the last twenty minutes. Baseball actually stepped up here, and baseball basically said, "We we want this guy. We want this guy for all the reasons we've talked about because he draws eyes, he draws butts in the seats, he's." You know, he's got some cachet with him. He can, we think he can play, right? I mean, he's a ninth overall pick. He's an outfielder, so he's not, you know, he's, he's the position that can probably get thrown in earlier than, than later, right? They offered him all of that. They offered him, you can be on the 40 man roster tomorrow. You know, the, you can negotiate a, a rookie contract with the Oakland Athletics, which I can't believe that's even possible. Wrong team, by the way. Why, why this guy and why not huh. anybody? Right, exactly. It's the wrong right. team. Yeah, so so Kyler Murray and his camp went back to the Oakland Athletics Moneyball system and said, I want, <laughs> I want a rookie contract. And they said, yeah, no, we're going to pay you the, the bonus and yeah. let, let you live in A-ball for a year and a half, which is the other part of this. I, I get he's probably a great outfielder and he's the top 10 pick. But there's a lot of top 10 picks yeah. in baseball yeah. who and, never even make the show. And the way that football has gravitated towards younger players playing early, he probably looks and says, wait a minute, I can start my rookie year potentially or spend two years in the minors or a year in the minors or whatever. I'm sure that's part of it as well, I mean, too. What do you think the worst part of Baker Mayfield's year was? That he didn't start week one. Yeah. Well, and, that's what and, everybody's talking about. Right. Why wasn't this guy Why playing wasn't he week one? right away? Right? And, well, <laughs> and, and here's the other thing with Kyler Murray, and, and he can thank his ex-Oklahoma teammate yeah. for changing the way the NFL thinks because five years ago, you're a 5-foot-10-inch quarterback. Go play baseball, kid. Well, I mean, the guy. Go play baseball. The guy kid. about to make you the Super no Bowl future, did a pretty job of that. You too. got no future in the NFL <laughs> as a five foot ten inch quarterback. But thanks to Baker Mayfield and some of the ways the game has changed, a five foot ten inch quarterback is no longer eliminated from a being a first round pick or b being a starter right away. Drew That's Bre- new. Drew Brees was the first pick in the second round out of Purdue, right? Correct. That is correct. So even that long ago, even fifteen years ago. If you could play ball, you got drafted high. Yeah, but but it was it's been a long time since a quarterback that that was that small um, made it. And it, I mean, how much did we spend all off season talking about whether Baker Mayfield was worthy of being the first pick in the draft because of his height? I, I guess my point is maybe maybe it shouldn't have been that long. Maybe not. <laughs> right. All but right, the games had to change. The games had yeah, to change a little hasn't. bit. Let's let's look at the money here. All right. Um, yeah. So if the Redskins take him. Right at fifteen. Yeah, let me get back to that point. Yeah. Yes. So you you had mentioned that fifteen million was kind of thrown around with the A's, and that's laughable, of course. But yeah, there, there's there's probably a reason for that, because if the Redskins were to take him at fifteen, the the four year rookie slotted deal would be about fourteen and a half million dollars. So guaranteed. Yeah, fully guaranteed. So you know, then you toss in a twenty million dollar fifth year option, and he's got thirty five million dollars in the next five years. You know, through twenty twenty two or whatever. So it's. The, the money's good. It's good. It's great. I mean, if you, if you do that with baseball, you know, he'll be lucky to make $30 million over the next eight years based on the, the way things have gone. I mean, you've got, you've got good outfielders drafted in the top 10, some in the top five, 
who aren't even getting thought of for extensions. I mean, we're talking mm. superstars. Andrew Benintendi, you know, an all-star out in, in the World Series champion Boston Red Sox. He's, uh, he's not even up for a discussion with an extension. He's on $700,000 salaries right now in year four. So what, what chance does Murray have? He's, he's got to be an absolute megastar. Right? Megastar to be considered, you know, for any kind of multi-million dollar option in the first few years. And that's, that's assuming he can actually make this team. If, uh, many of these guys have to go to double you know, double right. A ball and triple A ball for a year and a half or two. I gotta get used to the wood. No, yeah, seriously, you're right. With wood bats. Right. Yeah. Um, well, he if it doesn't work out in football, he can always take the Tim Tebow road. Right? Tim Tebow is the perfect model for this. He's the perfect model. Tim Tebow played three years. He made twelve million dollars, and then he's and now he's in the Mets organization. Now he's, he's got a really good chance to make the team. Could make the Mets. He's marrying yeah. a supermodel. Yeah, life's I mean, pretty good. Life's good. Going to Disney World. He's a pretty good TV analyst. Right. He, he can do whatever he yeah, wants. I think Tim Tebow is. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be fine. Yes, but, but we're per- not perfect about model. Um, drafted, I believe, twenty fifth. I think it was twenty fifth. Um, a couple years back. Played three full years, made the playoffs. Was it won de- a playoff game? Yeah, was a decent, you know, decent quarterback. Just uh, he didn't have the long, you know, the long franchise feel to him, and, and you know, teams bailed on that. That's fine. If Kyler Murray does this and makes his ten to, you know, well, if he if he's drafted fifteenth and makes fifteen million guaranteed, and then you know the league pushes him out, I don't think he's any worse yeah, for the wear. He'll be a, he'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We 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 touch anything else to. Uh, uh, embrace here before we uh, Let, let's just leave. let's just hop on uh, on the Harper situation and kind of wrap up baseball here because it's getting really fun. Um, all this said, it does seem like Harper's gonna gonna cash in pretty big. You know, I, I've said I said a couple shows ago, Kevin. I don't know if you heard. Um, I was I was snorkeling. I would really like to see him take an NBA deal and bet on himself, a Kevin Durant type deal where it's a ridiculous amount of money for year one, maybe a player option in year two. And then he does this all over again because we need great players in free agency. That's how you fix this right now. If you, if you, if you have to, if you force teams to sign new contracts every two years, which is what basketball is doing, right? That's what yep. they're doing. Kevin Durant's hitting free agency every two years. LeBron did it every four years. You know, you're going to see these guys start to ramp that up more and more. If you're forcing teams to, to sign new contracts or restructured contracts, then they can't sit on their hands like this, Right. But if you lock into an eight-year deal like hockey does, right? Like if you if you continue to do that, Tavares is the, the only, antiquated only significant system, one, yeah. Yeah, but he's not lasting eight years. Let's be fair. His play is going to drop off after five. Sure. It's just how it's going to work. Yep. But that's not even the, the point I'm making here. The point is if Bryce Harper makes himself free agent relevant again in two years or in, or in next year, if that's the way he want to, wants to go, and that's what J.D. Martinez, I think, should do as well with his options. We need great players consistently hitting the open market forcing teams to spend money on a regular basis, and then this thing could ramp up from there. It's just so, like having we'll kids. They force you to spend money. That's it. Um, <laughs> hey, before, As they get older. <laughs> <laughs> before we leave, Super Bowl predictions. Oh. Paul, who's coming out? Um, you know, I, I so don't want to pick against the Patriots just because you'd be stupid not to. Um, so I won't. I love Kansas City. Um, I like what they do. I think they're athletic and quick enough to uh, overcome the Patriots and, and their sort of coaching and approach. But I'm just I, – I won't do it. I won't pick against the Patriots. So the Patriots are going to be in, and I like the Saints. The Saints just have the momentum now. Um, even what they do on special teams with Taysom Hill, I, I think that's just enough uh, guts to put them over the edge. So I'm, I'm looking at the Patriots and the Saints. 
I'm going to play into this episode and I'm going to go with the youth movement. I'm going to say this is going to be Chiefs Rams for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm betting against the old guys. <laughs> I, uh, boy, I, I want uh, Saints. Mm-hmm. I, I think they can play, well, both teams can play both styles, but I think they can play run and gun better than yeah. the Rams can play. And they can pound it too. And I'll take the Saints. And boy, in the AFC. You know, I, Paul's got a point. It's a tough like, call. It's a really tough you should call. Never I think the, the weather Saints. has a factor, too. Yeah. I think the weather yeah. at supposedly somewhere around 10 degrees uh, in Kansas City, I think that neutralizes a little bit of Mahomes and their offense. You know, I just hated how bad the Chargers looked. However, I really thought the Chargers could go in there and win that game. I don't know why I thought that. They weren't ready. They no, weren't ready for what the close. Patriots had to throw at them. Right? No but, one's ever ready for what the Patriots are no. going to throw at you. Because whatever they're going to throw at the Chiefs is something the Chiefs won't be ready for. Yeah, the Chiefs' defense is not as good as the Patriots' defense. And neither are fantastic. That doesn't worry me. That doesn't, doesn't worry, worry me. Because what, what was the bread and butter of the Chargers' defense? The pass rush pass on the rush. outside, Ingram right. and Bosa. And who, which quarterback <laughs> negates a pass rush more than anybody Brady. in the history of the game? Brady. Right. Yeah. So if that's your bread and butter, you're yeah. never getting to Tom Brady. I'm going to go the Chiefs. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's going to be Chiefs and Saints in the Super Bowl. Uh, that's incredibly watchable. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Incredibly well, I, watchable. Any matchup's watchable. It's a yeah. Super Bowl, for crying out loud. Well, but that would be really, really fun. It would be fun. All right. Uh, you know what else is fun? Becoming a premium member of SpotTrack.com. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you rate us wherever you download this pod, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, uh, you name it. Uh, make sure you give us a good rating. And thank you for listening once again to the SpotTrack.com podcast.